Hey, uh, don't fast forward. I want to share some information about a special deal with you. Bounce Athletics is offering 343 listeners and members a 10% discount on orders of premium custom soccer balls and training vests. That's right. Bounce Athletics products are fully customizable, which means you can get your school or your club or your camp logo right on the balls or the vests when you order. I've personally tested their mini balls, camp balls, NFHS approved balls, and I was thoroughly impressed with everything. And so was the U12 player that I just finished training this morning. If you are running a soccer camp in 2019, Bounce Athletics can offer you fully customized, micro-stitched, textured, premium camp soccer balls for under $9 per ball. These are the same exact balls that are used by major D1 college programs for their camps, such as Wake Forest, Creighton, Texas Tech, Michigan State, just to name a handful. To receive free shipping with delivery in May, just place your order by February 15th, 2019. Email info at com to start the order process and make sure that you mention 343 so you get your 10% off of your order. This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Bella Ballard is a 13-year-old soccer player from Hawaii. She spends the majority of her time in Southern California with her father, Joe, and that is also where she trains and plays with other kids and adults who are pushing themselves to the limits. Southern California is also where I first met Bella. She was eight when she attended one of our 343 player camps in San Diego, and her dad seemed eager to put her in an environment that was different. He was looking for something that would really challenge her. Five years later, Bella is still working harder than ever to become an even better player. And Joe is still learning the ins and outs of American youth soccer as he watches his daughter explore every available option. So this episode is a very candid conversation with Joe about Bella's journey so far. You can find links to Bella's Instagram, you can find links to Joe's Twitter account in the write-up of this podcast, and I highly, highly, highly recommend connecting with those two. They have an amazing story, they have an amazing bond, and the stuff they put out is just amazing. So go ahead and uh, check out 343coaching.com to find the links and go follow them. And if you enjoy this episode of the podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. There's probably a bunch of other places where you can go and subscribe to it as well. Um, and if you really enjoy the show, you can help other people find the show by giving a five-star rating or giving us a review or by sharing it on social media. And if you really want to support this podcast, you can do that by signing up for the 343 Premium Coaching Education Membership Program. It is an online program that provides you with the best coaching education for a ridiculously cheap price when compared to other licenses and courses that are out there. Long before this podcast existed, I was a member of this membership program. And I have personally studied and used all of the activities that you will get when you sign up. And I highly recommend it. The 343 membership program teaches you the proven possession-based methodology and allows you to study and learn from one of the best coaches in American soccer. The membership includes videos of real training sessions, videos of real matches, 
the 12 core activities to help you start coaching possession soccer, ebooks, audio lessons, recorded presentations and clinics, plus forums for networking and sharing ideas with other 343 members. And you get all of that for just $295. Go ahead and visit 343coaching.com for all of the details. Once again, that is 343coaching.com. All right, let's get into this episode today. I hope that you enjoy this episode with Joe Ballard. John. What's up, dude? Let's go, man. Why are you freaking out? <laughs> the, 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 the countdown is what was doing it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was just, I, I always do like this little sound check thing just to make sure every like all the everything's working on my computer and and, and that right. text came in and, and I started laughing and when I started laughing <laughs> I, I heard my my laugh back in my ears so I was like oh okay cool there's my sound check my my, okay, my mic's good. working <laughs> good good nice to hear That's funny man. Um, yeah. I have a I have a question I wanted to ask you right away. Actually, is it okay if I use that picture or the pictures you sent me the other night in the write up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's cool. That's no problem. Cool. So anybody listening to this wants to know what I what I just asked him. They, uh, you can go check out the pictures that that Joe sent me the other night um, of Bella attending our. I think that was our our second. I think that was our second. Um, Player I camp. think you had had one before. It was like right after Christmas, I think 2014. Yeah, yeah. And the one, the one you guys attended, if I remember correctly, was the one that was in Oceanside, like right next to the right next to the beach. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, man. Crazy, crazy to see how how like everything has kind of played out. Like, um, I, I was actually texting with somebody earlier today, um, who was a, a, an original 343 member, but he mentioned that he first came across three, four, three in some like big soccer forum. Uh, right. and, and you know, it was just like a, a, a link to a link to a link that linked back to a blog article that Gary had wrote t- talking about, you know, these are the things that need to happen in, in American soccer for these results to occur. And, you know, fast forward nine years, that was 2010 fast forward nine uh-huh. years. And you have guys like Alex getting voted player of the year. And you have guys uh-huh. like Alex and Uli and Ephra part of the national teams. And it's just crazy to see, you know, how everything has kind of played out. Um, and Well, and- it's funny you say that because Uli was, I believe, the first video that 343 put out when I showed Bell about, you know, what this guy was doing. I mean, that started it. I, I could tell you it just was the match to the gasoline, man. It was just, and then hearing Gary talk and reading the article, all right, how do we get into this camp? You know, how do we do this? And from that point on, it was just, oh man, that's it. She was hooked. That's crazy. And you know what? One of the questions I had written down to ask you was about the lack of role models for young female players. And and maybe I should provide a little bit of context with that thought. is that you know when I when I do personal trainings or when I was coaching girls soccer I would frequently reference female soccer players uh-huh. and none I heart I shouldn't say none right hardly any of the girls knew who they were like if I right. re, if I reference Tobin Heath the girls are like who's that 
Like what? Right. Like how do you not know who Tobin is? And so one of right. the big problems that you know American soccer players in general have, but female American soccer players have, young female soccer players have have is a lack of a role model or a lack of you know something to follow or something to mimic. And so when you 100%. and when you mentioned that that Bella you know really gravitated towards Uli, that's you know maybe we should paint some you know some of that picture as well. So she was maybe 10 at the time and Uli was maybe only 14. So it was eight, eight. Okay. (laughs) And and so Uli was probably only 13 or or maybe even younger. So that's, that's, you know, important. That's important context. I feel like. And, um, but yeah, so, uh, God, we could go a hundred different ways right now. Right. But let's, let's kind of start. Yeah, go for it. Let me stay. Let me stay in that little world for you for a second and give you some context about Bella. And so, Part of it is my fault is when the kids were little, <laughs> when the kids were little, you know, we are a soccer household. It's just it, like I played growing up. My brother played college and my wife played in college. And so we watched soccer. What can you have a five-year-old kid watch? So soccer, Barca. So Bella never really um, understood the difference. It was just, well, there's Messi and I like, I like, you know, Iniesta. So there's no difference between them and me. I'm, that's it's just soccer. And, when she saw videos of her mom playing in college and her mom's friends would come back and they would sit around talking about college, her role model and sound cheesy, but what was her mom and her mom's friends? They played at LMU and, you know, there's these girls and there's my, her wife. My wife was still playing, um, you know, pick up and full sided 11 aside in Hawaii. And she would go watch her mom play. And so that was her first role model. Look, my mom's balling it out in the field. I want to do the same thing. I want to be like her. And, you know, so that was Bella's first role model. And it probably still is if you asked her. Um, and then it came from there as she watches more soccer and her world had expanded. So it started with 343 and seeing it wasn't so much who 343 players were playing with, it was how they played. She identified, she was always small. And so you saw these players now who are playing super quick, who are one or two touching everything. And you could hear. Brian's screaming at him and she's like what's he saying what's he saying you know and so that was what got her going um and so as she got older and now she's able to um train with professional players who are in the off season or college players who are in the off season her world has expanded to now not only knowing these players but being able to train with them and so it's kind of come full circle that's so that helps no no it helps it helps a lot and um, it's, it's so funny cause we kind of just like pick up and start talking about, you know, what you and I already know. And people that are listening mm-hmm. to this are like, you know, who is this guy? Like, who are you? Who's Bella? Like, who are these people mm-hmm. that, that we're, that we're talking about? So maybe, right. may, maybe describe, um, or, or introduce yourself and, and maybe tell people a little bit about your daughter. And then okay. you've already hinted that, you know, three, four, three is something that you guys were exposed to, you know, four, five, mm-hmm. six years ago. So. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe talk about, you know, what your guys' experience has been with us. Yeah, so my name's Joe Ballard. My daughter's Bella Ballard. Um, we still live in Hawaii. And when Bella was very young, uh, six and seven, she started playing soccer like everybody else in Hawaii. And um, we would take the kids and, as it's called in Hawaii, just get off the rock for the summer. And we would come out all summer and she would you know bang around in the park with everybody else and jump into and guest train with clubs here or there and may play in a tournament and we'd go back to hawaii 
And when the 343 video came out that we saw, I believe we had to send an email to Gary or to you or somebody to say who we were so you can get in. She literally would ask me every day, did I get in? Did I get in? Did I get in? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, dude, chill out, man. It's going to be all right. And uh, so at that time, we were guest rostering with a club. So we would actually come out um, you know, for little breaks during the school year for a weekend here and play a tournament and go back home. So we flew out for Christmas, spent it with my, my family, went to the camp and uh, 343 camp. And it was funny because I think it was a day and then it was another day. So after the first day, we're having dinner and she was just blown away by Joey. Just <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you could imagine that, right? I think it was the first five minutes of the camp. It was I have the video of it. She's in a four I think a four V one Rondo and he is just hammering these little kids, just, you know, receiving your back foot, you know, move the ball. Why isn't this player checking down the line to receive, you know, this player needs to put in pressure and, and it just, you know, was, he was a rock star to her, how he was talking, how he was. And then the next day she was with you and I had the video of the whole game that was played. And, you know, it, it just, it just blew her mind. Cause it was so different than Hawaii. It was, it was just what she wanted it to be. I think she felt more comfortable and uncomfortable in that three, four, three setting than anything. And I think it made her um, realize that she wasn't abnormal, that the way she wanted to play, she saw these boys doing that and she wanted to do it. So from that, we drove back up to California had new years we're packing to go home literally the next day and she says i'm not going back home i'm staying and she was dead serious um and she's eight <laughs> <laughs> and she had it kind of planned out that she was going to stay with her club she wants to call the coach after she could get a spot she was going to do national cup and that was it so we figured it out my wife and other daughter went back and me and her stayed and crashed with my parents and uh it's been, we've been in California ever since. Um, so half my family's in Hawaii, half our family's in California. Yeah. I've always, I've always wondered how you, how you guys work out that, that dynamic. And I know that you guys, you know, still go back and forth, um, you know, here and there, but, um, I, I had noticed over the years that it seemed like Bella was here full time and it seemed like she was always playing with some Southern California team. And then even more recently, yeah. I, I've seen her in a lot of the videos with David from Beast Mode. Um, yeah. And, and so I, I, I wanted to ask you about, like, you know, yeah, how, did, how did all that kind of come about? And then what is her status as a player today? You know, wh wh what is it? What does it ultimately turn into? Yeah, we actually started with Dave before 343. So I think Bella was maybe six months before that. So, like... The summer when she was eight, she started training with Dave. So when he had, and, when uh, he had bleached spiky blonde hair, yeah, he okay. was just transitioning from the spiky hair into <laughs> the the full grown man that he is now. Oh my um, gosh! <laughs> so he's known her he's known her for a real long time, and occasionally I'll throw on a throwback video on Instagram of her and him together because it's just the most adorable thing in the world. But um, yeah, so she was with him, and then. And then three, four, three. And then, uh, so kind of how we've done it from that time when she stayed was, you know, I'll be honest, we've been with a lot of clubs. Um, uh, we have what people call, you know, bounce around, I guess, but sometimes that's a necessity because 
um, we're always honest with the club that, listen, this child does not live here. Her house, her mom, her sister, her grandparents, her family, her bed is 3,000 miles away in the middle of the ocean. And you have to understand that as a coach. So if I tell you this kid's got to go home for Easter, you got to respect it because she hasn't been home in seven months. And sometimes the club says they understand that. Sometimes they don't understand that. Um, and that's kind of how we've done it. The majority of the time, I would say 10 months out of the year, give or take, Bella and I are in California or in the mainland. Um, we try to go home on a break. We just got back from Hawaii. So we're in Hawaii um, about December 1st to about January 3rd. Um, and that'll be our longest stretch back home for about the year. Um, her mom just came out on a Thursday and left uh, Monday night. Um, so last night. Um, she watched two games, saw a training session, and she's gone. So she'll come back maybe about six weeks. So for the most part, it's Belle and I in California um, training privately and training with a club, her DA club. Now, what's what's the advantage? I mean, I, I know some of the obvious answers. Maybe I should ask this question differently. Mm-hmm. What's the club soccer landscape like in Hawaii, and and why is it so much better for you guys to be in California? What I identified, or we identified very early with Bella, was um, this is part of the thing that um, we always try to do as parents is we try to take off our 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 parent goggles as much as we can with our with Bella specifically. Um, my wife played college sports. I play college sports. My whole side of the family is all college athletes. And so we try to evaluate her as best as we can critically. And we use Dave as that and her other coach, Chris, also um, to give us that assessment. And so early on, we identified, um, does she fit in Hawaii? Is this the place where she's going to be allowed to grow? I hate using the word development, but is it the place for her? And we recognized early on it wasn't. She was small, um, wasn't the fastest, didn't particularly like scoring goals. I mean, she likes to assist. She likes to play quickly. Um, and it wasn't an environment where we mapped out the future and saw there was an opportunity for her. Um, so when we came out here and she was guest rostering, it fit. You know, you could see it. And you can see more opportunities were available to her. It's not that Hawaii is. There aren't good players there. There are. There's national team pool players littered from Hawaii. Um, but it was more about the opportunity that we as parents have a duty to our kids to do the best that we can for them. To, as I always tell Bella, it's our job to give you the key. Now, are you going to use that key to walk in the door or are you not? Um, and so if I can do it, and we can do it, then absolutely we're going to give you that chance. So you think you're good? Let's go to 343 and see what happens. Let's see. Um, and so that's what California in particular gave us. It was the opportunities to train with Dave, with Beast Mode Soccer. It was the opportunities for ODP. It was the opportunity for a national training center. It was an opportunity for, to play on a big club you know, and compete for a spot rather than be given a spot. Um, that's what we wanted for her and to play against better competition every day, every single day, you've got to earn it. And can you earn it against the vest every day? Let's see. 
so that's that's why we did it and that's why we continue to do it and what you know i'll change that that's why bella continues to do it (laughs) no that's that's cool and i i want to go back to something that you said and you said that you guys had kind of mapped out what could potentially be like the like the path for her and i want to know if that was something that you guys or, or I, w- I want to know more about that process. Is it something you guys actually sat down at like the kitchen table and you guys got out a pen and paper and you guys mm-hmm. you know, like actually mapped it out? Was it you know one conversation, a series of conversations, or did it just did it just happen? And like reflecting back now, now you're like, oh, you know, we mapped it out. Like, was it was it purpose? Was it on purpose, or did it just happen? I I, I guess I just want to know more about that actual process. No, literally even to this day, even today, it's, it is, I wouldn't say fly by the seat of your pants, but it's, it's a daily Bella and I will sit down and map out our week and we'll know where she's going to train and how that's going to look like. But as far as my wife and I know, um, because she's young, she was eight, nine, ten years old. You know, what happens? You know, does she get injured? Knock on wood. Does, you know, her club full does, does she not want to do it anymore. Is it too hard? We never knew. Um, and so how we took it with Bella was this, that you are only five hours away from being home. And we still say it today, every day, you're five hours away from being home. It means you can get on an airplane in five hours during your bed sleeping. So if you don't want to do it, or we don't see that level that you're bringing in every day, not that you're succeeding every day, not you're scoring goals every day, but are you doing what's necessary for the sacrifice that we're giving to you? Are you showing it that you're worthy of it? And that's a hard thing for a kid. I know people listen to that and be like, wow, man, that's, that's brutal. And it is brutal. hundred percent honest. It is brutal. It is a hard road for this kid. It is, but we never, like mapped it out sort of like big pictured it because the work as my wife and I say, the work is every day. So how can we say this is what's going to happen in two years? You don't know what's going to happen in two years because you haven't done it yet. So it's every day. We just keep going and keep going and keep training and keep doing it every day. That's kind of how we've approached it. What you just reminded me of is how people love to celebrate the stories once the stories are done. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, I'm talking specifically about like a Tiger Woods or a Venus right. and Serena, Serena Williams where, right. you know, th- they, I, I'm assuming, had a very similar um, training routine and upbringing mm-hmm. that Bella's going through. And so as somebody's going through it, it's easy to criticize the, the parents or even the player, the young player, like you guys are crazy for doing this. Like this is a kid, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. 20 years from now, if it turns out to be like a tiger woods or a Venus or Serena Williams or a Tom Brady or something like that, people are like, Oh yeah. It's because you know, his parents really pushed him and he worked his ass off like when he was a kid. So it's really weird how people are willing to celebrate or are ready to celebrate the story when the story's done, but right. aren't, aren't willing to appreciate the story when it's being written. Right. But the converse is also true that if you know Bella, you're going to know that the opposite is what's crazy. It's her not doing this, which if you want to see crazy, take it away from her. <laughs> that, that is the true punishment. That is the true sadness of it. 
you know, um, her not having the opportunities, that would be the, that would be bad, you know? Um, so the work and the, and the sacrifice for her is what she wants to do. And, and we do get a lot of criticism. We do. And we have, um, coaches, clubs, other parents. Sure. I mean, even my parents and my wife's parents were like, you guys are, what are you guys doing with this kid? How are you doing this? But once they got past that initial reaction and the people that really truly know us and truly know Bella understand that this is the only thing this kid could do. This is it. She has to do this. Yeah. One of the, one of the things I had written down and it's something that you had reacted um, very strongly to when I posted it on Twitter and I, and and, and, sorry, no, 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 it's fine. (laughs) It it was a positive reaction, but I, I, I think I mentioned something about it being okay for, for kids to be addicted to, to things like being, being completely obsessed with something should, right. shouldn't be frowned upon. And, it shouldn't. and, no. and you reacted very positively to that and very, very strongly to that because I think there were some people that jumped in with some, some different remarks and, um, and you know, you have firsthand experience with allowing a child to create an obsession with something. And from an outsider looking in, it looks like there has been positive results from that. Now, I, I should probably preface with, and ju- and just being honest with you, and I, and I have a feeling that you guys are honest with yourselves and with her as well. That you know, mm-hmm. she hasn't made it yet. So, no. so, so, so the story, you know, is, is not done, and no. and the work is nowhere near is nowhere near over. But that is not to say that you can't, you know, evaluate the situation and say that there has been positive results from this obsession or this addiction, however you want to label it, right? Those those kind of sound like negative words when you paint it like that. But you know, no. there's been positive results so far. Yeah, and this is not my kid's better than your kid kind of conversation. That's not it. And to say, I'll be the first to say, she hasn't made anything. She hasn't done, she's done nothing. We say that every day. I mean, this is not, she's the best player in your kid. And this is not how we approach this endeavor at all. Um, And that making it thing, you hear it all the time in new soccer. And that's a real slippery slope. I mean, she trains with and knows people all over this country and internationally that are way more talented than she is and work, if not as hard, if not harder. Um, and so one of the things that, you know, we always try to reduce it back to is just, you know, control what you can control and do what you do. And what we can control is our training, how hard that she works, how smart that she works. And, you know, who you train with and how are you doing it every single day? And that making it thing is a process. You know, it's you can never settle. There's always someone trying to take your spot, whether you're an eight year old or, you know, in college or a pro. You've got to earn it every day. Um, And so that's the message that we try to preach. And now Bella is, you know, preaches that to her sister. Um, But. Yeah, not not no, even just her sister though. She 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 preaches it to anybody that that you know, um, anybody that she reaches. I mean, she she has a little social media channel and and mm-hmm. and you know, I, I'm not sure if she's the one that runs it or if you run it or your wife runs it, but you know, people people that see that see the work that she puts in and she's she's putting out a very very positive message. And it is, and and that's Bella's voice. It's it's something that early on helped Bella. Because, you know, our family is so far away. And so they would always ask, what's Bella doing? What's Bella doing? And so her way of doing it was, 
was this kind of cathartic way of this is what I did today, you know, and it helps her mentally um, feel good about herself and it helps her feel like people are following her along, you know, some of that's good and sometimes it's bad, but it helps her do that, you know, um, and so the little fall that she has is it's, it's her, you know, it's me filming or her filming or her coach filming, but yeah, it's, it's, it's her voice, you know. It's, it's it's really cool to watch and and if you don't mind I'll, I'll link to the to the Instagram too so that way people can see not only the picture that she took with Brian you know when she was eight years old but the, <laughs> yeah the progression of kind of you know what her what her training routine is I think it's really interesting for for a kid that age to to be posting or showing the world you know the the work ethic the the work that's going into into something and and you know it's really it's really really remarkable how all of these, you know, social media platforms and technology and everything is going to be able to tell such a cool story way, way cooler than, than ever before, just because Mm -hmm. so much has been documented along the way for everybody's journey. Now, my, my buddy posted something on Facebook the other day, you know, explaining why he posts so many pictures of his kid. And -hmm. it's because he likes getting the reminders every single day, like the Facebook memory pop up, like, you know, a year ago, two years ago, this is what you guys were doing on this day with your kid. And it's kind of just telling the story for you. And, you know, we have, you know, so like an abundance of of footage now or of of material now for, you know, players that, um, you know, if they eventually do sign professional contracts or whatever, Mm -hmm. you're going to be able Mm -hmm. to go back and find footage of them when they were 10, 11, 12, not like the grainy little, you know, uh, uh, whatever videos of Messi dribbling through the dirt fields and whatever. Like you're going to have almost everything, which which I think is really cool. So. Well, it's also a platform for these kids, these players who are doing it all across the country. So at the top level of soccer, it's really soccer's a really small world. You know this, you know this. Yeah. So you know, she'll meet a girl from Utah at a camp someplace, and she'll be in the car going to a training session. And I'm like, who are you messaging? Oh, I'm messaging this girl from Utah who's training, and they'll show videos, they'll share videos back and forth about what they're doing. You know, and so okay, you're doing this now. I'm gonna do this. It's not like a one-up kind of thing, but it's like okay, you're you're training this way, and so okay, you know, it, and it keeps them connected, um, you know, across the world, and it's it's an amazing thing that I think this generation is experiencing it more than maybe the older generation. Even players that are in college now didn't have it to this extent, and um, you know, I think it's a I think it's a tool that players can use to enhance their training rather than a negativity if it's done the right way hey sit tight we are going to hear a quick message from our sponsor bounce athletics it's a part-time doc i had a budget and you know we needed training gear every year and it just was getting more and more difficult to find decent high quality affordable training balls that's zach he's the co-founder of bounce athletics and as a coach he was having a hard time finding quality soccer balls at an affordable price. So he started searching for ways to solve that problem for himself and for others. We've been able to experiment with a lot of different textured materials and construction methods. And, and I think we've really got it dialed in to, to where now, you know, with, with our training balls, we're providing super high level Training balls that have all the modern technology in them for a fraction of the price of global brands. Zach and Bounce Athletics are offering 343 members and listeners 10% off orders of those custom premium soccer balls that he was just talking about. If you are hosting a soccer camp this summer, 
and you want to get 10% off camp balls with free shipping and receive everything by May, just place your order with Bounce Athletics by February 15th. Email info at bounceathletics.com to start the order process and be sure to mention 343 to receive your 10% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. Can I ask you just just an honest honest question that, that came to mind? Yeah. yeah. Do you think she realizes that not everybody has the opportunities that she has or, Absolutely. or, or has had? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys ever yes. had a conversation about it? All the time. All the time. All the time. And she's and she's aware of that. Um, just this last Christmas, I don't think the club will mind if I share the story. Um, you know, Bella had a hard – jet off to the side for a little bit and come back to it. But Bella had a hard road in Hawaii with the club, with club soccer. It was not easy. She didn't fit. She played up three years. She was playing with boys. Um, and so she didn't fit there. And so she felt ostracized and she felt more home in California. So when we go back home, you know, she still has to train. So she'll train with a high school boys varsity team or she'll play street with a guy that owns a soccer club out there or she'll play futsal and never really with a club. And through social media, again, this club had reached out and was, you know, posting, you know, positive messages on, on, on the comment section. And so when we got back, I just messaged him, hey, you know, we're back in town looking for a place to train. No big deal. Can we come out? And they opened their doors for her. You know, she came out. And it is just a regular soccer club. You know, it's in Hawaii. Uh, they're a smaller club. It's called Pipeline. Um, uh, they had a, a mixed team, 05s, a couple 04s, some 06s, um, all practicing together. Um, you know, I think they'd be the first to admit they're, they're competitive, but it wasn't the level that, you know, a DA level in California. And so one of the conversations I had with Bella was, you part of being a player is you respect the game. And this has been a message all the way through. You always respect the game, um, respect your opponent, respect your teammate and have respect for the ball. And you're no bigger than that. And sometimes in California, you can forget that a little bit. So going back into that training session with that club for four weeks in in Hawaii, they opened their doors. They were great. She played futsal with them on practices and, I think it reopened her eyes again to there's girls in Hawaii that don't have the opportunities that you have, that this is what they can do. That's it. And, you know, she talked to some of the girls that were there. She talked to the coaches and um, it, it kind of reinvigorates a player, I think a little bit to know where you came from and be reminded of where you come from and to know that, you know, there are others who want and that you are fortunate and, you know, if we as parents saw that wasn't happening, that, that she was taking it for granted, um, you know, it wouldn't be very long before a conversation was happening. But she has never demonstrated that at all. And um, her going into that, those sessions in Hawaii, um, I left very happy with how she handled herself and, and how she was with the teammates that were there. That's, that's really cool. And one thing that I, I'm thinking back to, you know, the camp experience that we shared with Bella mm-hmm. and not shy one bit. And, and I can only imagine, you know, we had her when she was like, what, eight or nine years old. Um, right. I, I can only imagine now that she's 13 or 14, 13, 13. Yeah. yeah. I can only imagine now that, you, you know, she, 
she's just so just comfortable and calm and, and probably confident in, in no matter the situation that she gets put in. Um, mm-hmm. but, but the describing like the respect part of that as well is, is also super important. Cause I'm sure as a lot of people can attest to, you know, you get somebody that comes into, uh, in, into an environment and tries to showboat or show off or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, and that just rubs people the wrong way. And, 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 uh, the picture that you kind of just painted for me or, or the picture that got painted in my head was that she probably did the exact opposite of that, which is, which is really good. It is. And, and we, I, we, I am here with her most of the time. So I consciously put her in situations which demand she is not the best where it's actively, I've been, you know, parents have come to me and say, well, why are you putting her on the hardest thing possible? Um, and it's because of that where I is the uncomfortableness of situations, I think helps a young player. Sometimes, um, you can balance it the right way. Um, you know, always feel like they need to do more, you know? Um, so when she goes and plays street in Venice beach, for example, and you're playing, it's all men, you know, you have to be a little bit humble because you aren't the best, <laughs> you know? And, and so how are you going to deal with that? You know, and daddy can't help you. So what are you going to do? And I think that really um, brings some players can handle it. Some can't, but it really brings a player down to man. Okay. This is, this is where I am. All right. And you consciously put their, in them, in their environments like that and change it. You know, now I think they start making connections. You know, they're make they're connecting it where they have to learn how to behave. They have to learn how to adapt. They have to learn how to talk to somebody that they've never met who's not wearing a shirt and you know one, <laughs> show, you know, and speaking a half another language and he's on your team and you got to figure it out. You know, I think that helps. And so we've always tried to do that with her. It's it's something that you can't, or that it's it's very hard to replace for American play. A lot of American players. My my head is trying to figure out the right way to say this, but you know that missing aspect of of being put in that challenging environment, being put in uncomfortable environments, being put in uh, that street type of environment it mm-hmm. is something that you you just can't replace that in the in in soccer and, and it's what's missing a lot of times when you look at like the suburban development academy type of player, you know, the, the type yes. of player that, that we typically get in American soccer and, you know, how, how can parents, how can players recreate that environment on their own is something that we've actually, uh, we're, we're actually currently attempting to, to solve like that's a problem that we're attempting to solve like how can we give players and and parents and families um a, a replacement for not having a soccer culture in the home not having the role model in the home like like bella did having you and her mom you know that played college sports that played soccer at a high level like how can how can you replace that for for a mom and a dad um or for a player super hard question but we're, we're i mean we're, we're trying to give it a go with our with our new program that we'll, we'll release, you know, hopefully sometime this year if I figure my shit out. But, uh, 
but it's but hard. It's hard, right? It is. Because if it's not organic and it's it's manufactured and fabricated, then it's fake. Yep. And to me and to me, fake like the thing I'm gonna get off on a tangent, I'll try not to. No, go but for it. The thing that really irritates me is like street or futsal that is not free and that is artificially created to be super safe and it never works. It has the opposite effect. It's you might as well be playing club soccer because the same people are running it. Not to say club soccer is bad. It's not. I we play it, but it has to be organic. Like it has to be free flowing. It has to come from the right place. And the players that are participating on it at some level have to get it. And the parents have to get it and see the value in it. If you don't see the value in it, then it's a real hard sell. That's just my opinion. In my opinion. Um, people ask us all the time, you know, futsal and, and street, like, what's the point? You know, you're going to get hurt. And it's just for fancy footwork. And, you know, you're not really scoring goals. And what do you see the benefit of it? Well, if I have to explain it to you, then it's not worth it because you don't get it. Um, sometimes it's not always about the result. It's about just the process that if you boil it down to it, street, maybe futsal to a lesser extent is soccer. Really it is. So if you got a kid that can go play street for four hours, well, you know, maybe that's the sacrifice for that week and maybe the game isn't, but the sell for that is real difficult. That's the trick. Yep. Now, and it's funny, like, I, this is where I get myself in hot water because I don't have a kid, and uh -oh. I don't, I, and I don't know what it feels like, to, you know, to have, uh, you know, the fear of you know letting your kid go out when the streetlights are already on. Um, mm -hmm. I, I guess you know, so it's easy for me to say things like, oh yeah, just let your kid go play, right? <laughs> right. Um, but. Right but I still think that that's true. Like, like you just need to let your, your kid go and play. And when you were talking a second ago about the, the fabricated environment, uh, street mm -hmm. environment to make it look mm -hmm. and feel a certain way, but really it's just, you know, it, it's just supervised soccer, supervised club soccer in, right. you know, in a, in a different, it, it dressed up in a different way. What mm -hmm. came to mind is, the video that Kyle Martino's company just released, his new company, Street FC, I think is what it's called, and they released a video, like a trailer, basically, and it, and it's supposed to kind of look like, um, kind of like it's in the hood, and and they got mm -hmm. like cool lighting, and you can kind of mm -hmm. it kind of looks like a police car is driving through with the sirens, and then you look at all the kids or all the people in the video, and some of them are wearing hoodies and. You look closer, and then it's like, oh, like this is just ten white people, um, and, and 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 it's just funny because that's not what street soccer is. Like, like street no. soccer is not organized. You don't have fancy goals. You don't have, you know, a production budget. You don't have those things. And so when you say the, like the fabrication kind of kind of irks you, me too, man. Like it, it really, really, really bugs me that yeah. people are are trying to. Um, capitalize on 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 these types of things and, and create programs around these types yeah. of things and and oh, i'm gonna go on a tangent here sorry well uh, if, uh, so i'll save you from yourself right okay so, like um yeah that's starting to get out there because why because there's money in it 
So yep. if there's money in it, someone's going to jump onto it. And hey, man, great. Like, I like making money. Everyone likes making money. Go for it. And just because you want to call it street doesn't mean it's street. Just because you call it good doesn't mean it's good. Um, you know, the street soccer doesn't need to be on a street. You know, we play in a game sometimes on, you know, I'll, I won't say where it is, but because they won't like it. But, you know, it's at 11 o'clock at night and there's some Russian dudes and a couple Guatemalans and, you know, there's some white people and a whole mix of people, different languages, and it's on turf, but you better believe the mentality is street. You know, it's 5v5 or 6v6, whoever shows up. Um, so it's more of, to me, it's more of the attitude and and the, the cockiness and the swagger of it and how a ball is being played and the movement is is that. And you can't create that artificially. You either have it or you don't have it. Um, and so where we get knocked a lot on is we go a little more heavy on on the training and the playing on that side than we do maybe the traditional sense. One, because of where we live, because, you know, we just have to supplement so much because we live on an island in the middle of the ocean. So we have to, if there's a game and we're here, we're going to go into it. If it's street, it's street. Um, and so, you know, there's some positives and negatives associated with that, but we'll take it. And so when you try to create that artificially, it comes off as fake and phony and, you know, maybe a kid gets something out of it, but more than likely not more than likely not. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go back to my tangent, dude. Cause I feel like go. it's important, but go the, the big thing that really, that really gets to me. And I've talked with Kefren Fuller about this as well. Multiple times. Uh, I talked to him last night. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Kef's, Kef's a badass. Um, but we need, we need less programs and less things that are that are designed you know to to keep the things the way that they are like you know to keep the kids um playing in in the streets like the kids don't need programs to to make it look like they're playing in the streets kids need opportunities Mm -hmm. to really get out of the streets and a program being put in you know um an underserviced neighborhood or 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 something like that is a program that's going to keep them in that neighborhood it's not yes. going to, it's not going to get them out and, and it's not an opportunity yes. to climb the ladder in American soccer. And so having all these programs left and right for, you know, after school and, and they're great things, right? Great things. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and there's great people behind them with probably really, really great intentions. But what mm-hmm. we need to really spend time on figuring out is, you know, what is really going to empower these communities to become part of or a, be, become a an integral part of the American soccer ecosystem and it's giving everybody the opportunity to to put a team or to put a, to put a dog in the race that I mean that's that's it that's what it always comes back to you can't you, you can't supplement um, you know you, you can't you can't replace real opportunity with with a program is the is the bottom line so you cannot I agree with you 100% it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. It is frustrating. It is frustrating. And that I think that's a problem. It comes off as is not authentic. It comes across as a showpiece for these kids who, you know, to do a Saturday morning program for a couple hours and then you're gone. And, you know, the game doesn't grow that way, you know, and unless those kids get a true sense of what it's like, 
and to compete, you're right. You're right, 100%. Until that changes, it's going to be the status quo. Yep. Um, you know, one one thing you mentioned a, a minute ago when you were talking about that that uh, late night pickup game, um, uh-huh. you you mentioned something about like, oh shit, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but basically like just you know the way that somebody might hit a ball um, uh-huh. m- might be different or unique to that environment or or something uh-huh. like that, and I'm I'm wondering if if Bella is like in tune with with what she sees out there and if she maybe sees somebody that does something and then do you ever catch her, you know, trying to, trying to practice, uh, something that she maybe picked up at that game or, 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 you know, incorporating a, a, a new way of doing a certain skill that, you know, she hadn't seen before. Do you ever, do you ever see those types of things with her? She's never been that calculated of a player to say, Oh, I saw this move or this way of doing it. So I'm going to go practice it and get it. She's always been, just a little more free-flowing and organic um so you'll see it sprinkled in with how she plays um it's and a lot of people i'll be honest with you miss it and sometimes i'll miss it when she's playing on a full side 11 side game with her club like you'll miss it like you know a little just a little thing where she'll nutmeg somebody but it wasn't a real nutmeg like she pulled it back and then hit it with the inside of her foot and the outside real fast and you kind of miss it so you just see the nutmeg, but it's like, man, that was pretty good. Um, and so she learned that probably, but she more learned the attitude of it. Like, not to get too descriptive, but the balls of it to pull it off and to do it is more what we talk about. Is do you have the balls enough to, to do that? Because you might not make it. You know, you could have just played the easy way and played a little back pass and, you know, been safe. And so that's what gets me excited is you know that kind of thing and you only really get that if you're seeing that and you're exposed to it because then it becomes the norm right if you're playing street soccer at venice beach and you know everyone's playing that way eventually you're going to play that way what are what are some of the biggest obstacles in her way right now that you can that you can see or maybe foresee in in the future you know, she's 13. She's doing a lot of the training on her own with, with David, with mm-hmm. other players. Mm-hmm. But what, what are some of the obstacles do you, that, that and what do you, what do you think is going to happen in the next one, two, three, four years? Um, this is going to be a big year for her. There's a lot of things that are going to happen pretty in, in the near future. So we'll see. Um, but the, I think the biggest challenge for her is, um, can she, as a player, so we'll get real specific and be real honest, right? Is can she take the ability to play in a small field? Can she take the ability to escape pressure in a small environment? And can she translate that on a bigger, to the bigger field? That's always been, um, her shortcoming. If there was one, um, so that's that she's not a talented player. She is, I'll be honest. Um, but can you do that more consistently and can you grow? Um, and so the environment that we're going to start putting her into is going to demand that. Um, so we'll see. Um, another obstacle is always access. Um, that's for any player. It's hard, no matter what, where you fall on the spectrum of soccer, it's access, you know, are things accessible to you? Are you allowed to do things or are you not allowed to do things? Um, 
we will see what's allowed and what's not allowed, what's accessible and what's not to her. Um, that's always the drawback. Um, but the people who are in our circle who um, know her and who look out for her and who genuinely want to see her succeed um, help in that process tremendously. Um, and so that always helps us. Um, yeah. Who, who have been, you know, key resources for you and for your wife and for your family along this, this journey and this journey that's only, you know, it's, it's still very new for you guys. Um, yeah. but who, who do you look to for information and, and advice and, and guidance? It's a t it's tough because, you know, you really got to, as a soccer parent, you know, any parents listening, they know you got to kind of, sometimes you play things close to the vest. You don't want to say too much. You, you know, we all have those as parents, you know, one of the things listening to your podcast is, you know, the, the coaches that come on, you know, they say the correct things, you know, but from a parent, you know, every night a soccer parent worries, you know, where's my kid? She didn't start. She's not doing this. She's doing this, you know? And so to sometimes share that with a third party, it makes you vulnerable and you, and you worry. So we've been fortunate enough throughout Bella's journey, the same people have been with us from the very beginning, whether it's Beast Mode Soccer and Dave and it's Chris Lopez that we met when she was seven at a LA Galaxy camp and is now like basically a member of our family. Same with Dave, you know, he slept at our house in Hawaii for a week when he was out there. And so it, they know us personally, they know Bella personally and they're invested in her, not only as a soccer player, but as a kid and as a person. And so that helps. Um, it helps our situation because I can trust them and she trusts them. You know, Bella values their opinions. You know, she listens to them about other things. They talk to her about school and how she's doing. And does she miss her mom? And, you know, and so that helps, um, you know, the guys recently um, at Venice beach football club, you know, allowing her to, um, you know, a girl to not only play, but be, you know, be featured by them in their, in their street. Um, and they look after her has been to her. That means a lot, you know, and I know they know that, but it really means a lot to a player when guys like that, that are young, um, that she looks up to, you know, um, care about her. Um, and so that has helped her, um, you know, and that's, that's kind of our circle, you know, it's really cool, man. Um, I know that a lot of times the focus is always on player development and mm -hmm. coaching development. Mm -hmm. And there's very little information out there for parents and, and how parents should, um, how, how parents should be navigating this path themselves and, and education for, for, you know, how to, how to help your player. It's, it, yeah. it, it's just a topic that's not that, um, it's just not covered as much as it probably should be. And parents learn as they go and they, and they learn by, right. they, they learn, you know, by trial and error and it's, and it's right. really, really difficult. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I wish, or, or I guess one of my hopes is that, you know, people will connect with you and, and will, you know, can possibly use you as a resource and, and, and can possibly just, um, you know, figure out, you know, how, how to, you know, get their kids well, into similar environments. 
at the end of the day, you know, there's parents that I've relied upon. And one of the things that I always try and I tell parents flat out is my kid's success is not predicated on your kid's failure. So if I know something and I can help you, doesn't mean it's taking away something from Bella. Uh, I'm going to help you. If you're a straight shooter and, and, and you're going to be cool with me, I'm going to be cool with you. That's how it was with me. And there's parents that I'll call and talk to tonight at the field that we'll have honest conversations about. And I think us parents, I think it started to change where parents are seeing each other more as we're in this together and we're not the enemy as it maybe in the past, it was more that way. Uh, I think it's changing. And so absolutely. I think that, you know, it's at the end of the day, parents, are in it to help their kids you know and i think that's a positive place to be to to do the best thing that you can for your kid and if it starts there how can it be wrong to you know share information and help a kid out you know absolutely um i i end every interview with the same question and i want to ask you too because everybody always has a unique perspective but Mm -hmm. um i don't know trying to think back if I've ever interviewed the parent of a 13 year old player before. And I think this is a first man. So your, your perspective is going to be totally unique on this. Um, but what do people need to know? Well, this was very important in the car rides to soccer in the last week since we knew this was going to happen. So Bella, (laughs) Bella insisted that she write something down. Nice. Because she wanted this to be said. Okay. Okay, so this is from Bella. Okay. Um, She wants everyone to know, for coaches, um, know that your players all have a unique story and that they are people too, going through things. Be an advocate for us. Help us. Listen to us. Respect us as well. Respect goes both ways. I will run through a brick wall for you, but will you do the same thing for me? And then her last words for other players out there. Don't get hung up on what everybody else is doing. Each of us has our own path. And if you try to follow what everybody else is doing, then you'll just be like everybody else. Don't do it. Bella. That is by far and away the best answer to that question that I've, I've, I've ever gotten. That's, that's super special. It's pretty man. cool. Right, John. That's super special, man. It's pretty cool, man. Right. I'm going to frame it. Yep. That is, that is really cool. If you could send me a picture of that, I would, I would love that. I will. I might frame it too. <laughs> All right. Um, dude, that, that was cool. Um, yeah. That's the kind of kid she is, man. I tell you it's, uh, she's a good one. She's a good one. I mean, she, she does as, as a dad of a kid. Um, I'm real lucky to be able to do this with her. You know, uh, it, it really is special to be able to watch your kid play soccer every day to be part of it, uh, it's it's really cool. And I, and I don't take that for granted at all. You know, I don't. That is that is super cool, dude. Um, before, uh, before we hang up, I wanted to make sure I reminded you of a story from that camp where, where we first met you and we first met Bella. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was broke as fuck during, during mm-hmm. that camp. I, I literally had... I think I was actually overdrawn in my bank account and Gary, you know, I, I didn't want to tell him, um, you know, I knew that I was going to make maybe a couple hundred bucks from the camp, but right. at some point during the camp, you gave us, uh, like these free <laughs> yeah. food coupons, um, yeah. and McDonald's. dude, and that got me home because I, <laughs> I wouldn't have eaten if I didn't have those. And, 
and that was a you know that that was a super special moment for me because yeah a number of different number of different things i don't need to go into that but um but just the generosity from from you from you know the first day of meeting you um yeah. I, I really appreciate that and and then dude i'm still i'm still just buzzing by that from that answer that that, that you just read off from from that note card that's super yeah. special and, and it's cool. Yeah. And you have to know that that happened. I gave you guys those things because Bella insisted upon it, <laughs> you know, and it hasn't happened since she doesn't, she know she can tell. And she, it was important to her that, 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 and, and one of the cool things about her is that she respects it and she gets it, man. And, uh, you know, her grandfather is a coach and, and I'm an athletic trainer by trade. And so she understands coaches and she understands what it's like to, to grind it out every day as a coach and what it really means. And for her to, to, it all comes from her. It does. And, uh, she's definitely a unique kid and, uh, you know, it, it, it's a credit to three, four, three, four, you know, for doing what they do. And, you know, she still listens to to Gary on the podcast and it's just like, man, that guy is just something else. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, man, she's, she's enamored by Brian, you know, just that he's still doing it and you know, she always asks. And so that picture is a cool picture. It is know? a cool picture. It's yeah. Very cool. Um, all right, man. Well, we're, right. we're here for whatever, whatever you guys need and, and please, you know, never hesitate to reach out. I'm glad that we finally did this. We've been talking about it for a while. So, yeah. It was definitely cool. It was definitely cool. And thanks for having us. And, uh, for, it was important that Bella got to share a little bit of her story. And, you know, this was, this was 75% her. That's trust cool. me. That's trust cool. me. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That's cool, man. Um, tell her, tell her we said hi and, and we'll have to catch up with you guys soon. All right, man. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Later. Later. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review, and I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. 